Well, good morning, and we're glad you've chosen to join us. This is Behind the Beards. Um, we're going to pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and do our best to reveal the things that you need to know about the people who are called to lead your churches and your ministries. Um, I am Josh Fowler. I'm a preaching minister here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And joining me here on the other side of the screen is a friend, comrade, brother, uh, Aaron Partlow. Aaron's a youth minister in the great state of Kansas, Topeka. What's going, <laughs> what's going on, brother? Not much. I'm all about brands today. I'm sporting all of my <laughs> cool behind the beards. And uh, recently, my wife and I took a little vacay and uh, stopped by a great old Bucky's and got me a Bucky's coffee mug. I always thought it was weird driving through Texas and uh, you know seeing a a billboard for the cleanest bathrooms in the state. Uh, they are not lying. They are not. No, lying. they're not. And there are hundreds is, of them as well. It is nice to walk into a bathroom and it not smell like a bathroom. <laughs> you know, like that's a good thing. Okay, so uh, true story. Lauren and I, before we moved uh, to Topeka, we interviewed for a job in Lake Jackson, Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and do you know, <clears throat> there are two things that Lake Jackson is known for. One is for Dow Corporations. So they have this giant um, torch out in, the, out in the ocean and it'll spit out their gases and they light it on fire. Uh, yeah. and it's just always burning. Um, so really great for the environment uh, if you're into that kind of stuff. But so they're known for that, but they are also known for Bucky's Mansion. Um, oh, really? So the guy who, yes, for the guy who um, created, owned, whatever, I don't know, Bucky's, his mansion uh, was there. So those were their two selling points to us when we were interviewing was, <laughs> hey, look at this giant flaming torch and... We're the home of Bucky's. They didn't have a Bucky's. They just had the mansion. Oh, that's funny. That's funny stuff. So the Bucky's mansion. Was, <laughs> we did not take that job. Um, <laughs> after going, my wife was not so excited about moving a place where they said they have alligator delays. Um, where you could, you know, that it, it is common for an alligator to come and lay in front of your house, uh, front of your door. Uh, and you have to like shoo them away. Yeah, we're a uh, we're a little removed from that here in Baton Rouge, but uh, um, not not too far. There's a couple folks that I visit from the church, and I've seen alligators crossing the road, um, heading out to their house a few times. So it's kind of crazy. There's an alligator like in the that. road in uh, Lake Charles. Yes, a couple days ago, where a friend of mine is working for the power company, mm -hmm. trying to get power restored out there. And they had traffic kind of slowed down and stopped because there was an alligator on the road. Didn't want to. Didn't want to leave. It was just sun was sunbathing. <laughs> Those alligators. Man, we uh, I know this show is behind the beards, but football season starts for us on Thursday. Woof woof. Yes, 
I know you're super excited about that because football is your jam. <laughs> I am all about the sports and the balls and the scoring and the winning. Well, so. uh, next week I might have to be uh, behind the mustache because we can't have beards for our uh, official association. I'm like, yeah, come on, guys. I, can't we advance into the 21st century here some way and, and let us wear some nicely groomed beards on the field? But That's what I would think. They like the professional look of the clean-shaven. Um, last year, yeah, last year in August, we were out at camp. I was, uh, I was on the crew to work our scrimmage for our camp for the whole state. Mm. And I showed up, and I still got a beard on. We were in Monroe because I was preaching in Monroe for a friend of mine. They had a college day up there. And so I was just showing up there to guest preach for him. And when I show up for the scrimmage, my referee goes, hey, dude, what are you doing with the beard? I'm like, I'm not shaving. And he goes, I said, look, I have to preach tomorrow at a church that I have never been to. Right. I look foolish without a beard. He goes, man. I'm like, no, seriously. It's like, that's my job. It's camp. I'm wearing a beard. And so he's like, it's not that bad. So I pulled up a picture from last season and said, look it, here's a picture of me without a beard. He goes, yeah, keep the beard, dude. <laughs> You're good. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, it's so is it an actual, like, it's an actual rule? Like, you have to not have a facial hair, or is it just frowned upon? No, so, you know, the state, it's not a state law, but oh. each individual association has their own requirements. And it's one of the requirements for the Baton Rouge Area Association. And My so goodness. The deal is if you've got a beard, you just probably won't get assigned any varsity games if you don't shave. I could do like middle school and stuff, but because they like the professional professionalism of being clean shaven, I guess, something like that. So that is that is blows my mind how that is like super interesting. It's kinda crazy, but I like working the games and I like the guys I work with, so I will shave shave for them um terrible uh segue coming up here okay terrible segue right where's johnny right that's the uh episode name here where's johnny um i was thinking about this coming up and i've thought about like so many times where we've been on the hunt uh for kids whether it's oh yeah um checking uh you know check-ins um, or just looking for them, trying to figure out where kids go and things like that. Um, yeah, this is more, uh, we're more talking about like this idea of like kids missing or kids hiding or kids wandering off today, opposed to like um, the more deeper spiritual matter of, you know, I haven't seen this kid in a long time. Uh, right. You know, uh, which is a good topic as well. Um, but like, we always talk about like that kind of spiritual aspect of it. But if we want to reveal the beard on this topic, there is like this stress <laughs> of like being this parental figure and having to like legitimately keep track of 45, you know, 50, uh, even like 10 sometimes teenagers uh, and having yeah. that trust, uh, right. that they will not be who they were yesterday, you know, or, <laughs> you know, yeah, they no will doubt change and be responsible like this it's one thing to show up back at home with the same number of kids that you mm. left with 
right? That's always the goal. But the greater goal is to show up with the same kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, not, not just the same number. number, but the same ones. Uh, I'm going to digress here for a minute. Bryce, you know, nothing says professional like a sweet stash. My first year, I shaved and I left a mustache. And there was this guy behind the fence. I was at False River. I still remember. He followed me along the fence line the whole game. And he, I mean, berated me the whole game. He was mm -hmm. making fun, and he just kept going back to my mustache. He's like, I think you lost that call in your mustache, dude. And <laughs> so ever since then, I'm like, no, it just all comes off. Like, I got really super self-conscious about wearing a mustache. Um, so I think of beards are, are pretty professional anyway. So my anyway. wife hates one when I shave. And then two, if I even joke about leaving the mustache, <laughs> um, it's like, she won't talk to me. Yeah. Um, and she made that clear when we were dating too, because that's when that, like part of that trend, like there's a big trend right now where you just have that big bushy mustache right now. And you go for that like really <laughs> weird look. And I don't get it. Like, I always, like, I see those people and I just want to, like, give them a slap and be like, stop. Doesn't work. Stop. It just looks creepy. <laughs> yeah, so. Now, are there some, uh, like, creative ways um, that you've kind of kept track of kids? I think, you know. And oh, yeah. We would take, Heather and I would take sometimes, sometimes 30 or 40 kids places. And I, I might have help, you know, with the driver, but that driver would often like drive them there and then leave and come back and drive them back. And it's like, all right, so somewhere in this span of time, I have to, with my wife's help, keep track of 40 kids, 37 of which are not my own. Um, and so coming up with like creative ways, ever, ever think of some creative ways that you've kept track of kids? Uh, I have met I met somebody who uh, who used to do raffle tickets. Uh, so as they got out of the van, he would give them a raffle ticket. So he knew like by the tickets that he had, how many kids he had, how many should be getting back on, and then they would turn in their tickets when they would get into the van, and so he would be able to count the tickets. Uh, they did that on school buses. Um, so like you know, because in a van you can like you can count. You know, you got four, three, 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 three. You know, so you know like. You know, you got 12 kids in the back, and or you have 13 kids in the back, and you have two up front. Um, but like in a bus, like it's a little bit harder. So yeah, so I had a guy who did raffle tickets. Um, you know, um, uh, there's always like there's always like the count off method uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think like the challenge comes uh, like one van. That's pretty easy. So like I was for a long time, I was a one van youth minister. Um, and then life's pretty easy. Uh, I think when you are a two man or you start to get into the bus and you get those multiple rigs, that's where like, not only are you trusting teenagers, but you're having to trust other chaperones or adults <laughs> that they're counting. Um, I will say that I can only count like two times where I being a one man youth minister have like left a team and all the other ones were were uh, when we were multi-vaned and the other driver decided not to count um so um oh and there's always the method but this one is flawed um 
you know, counting as they leave the door of wherever you're at to the van. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you count there and they go to the van. And so you're like, okay, well, we had 35 leave and head towards the van. So we're good. We don't need to count again. Yeah. Made that mistake once. Amazing how many kids disappear between the, <laughs> the door, door of the event and the van. There's a lot um, of distractions had, in the parking lot, bro. I had at one time I had a teenager who 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 went by, acknowledged that they were counted, and snuck back behind us and went to the <laughs> restroom and didn't tell anybody. And it wasn't till and this is no joke. Like I was terrified. This is the, I think the first time I ever left somebody um in they were in the other van, not mine. Um, so again, that trust. But we were sitting at Chili's, and the waitress snarky was like, "Oh, you only have thirty nine. I thought you had 40. And I went, "No, we have 40. And she was like, "Uh, no. We set out forty chairs, and that seat's empty." <laughs> and I go, "Who's not here?" <laughs> I was like, "Did anyone get up and go to the restroom here?" And they're like, "No. Who's missing?" find out that it's it's one of our teens they're back at the convention hall and um they hadn't called or texted anybody so i called them and i said don't i said go inside find an ad find an adult and stand next to him i said we'll be there in just a minute they're like you know 16 years old so it's not like they're like a little child but no but how do you not walk out and see your van gone and not call somebody and go like, right well and also like how do you not like why do you walk by, get counted, and then go inside and not tell anybody? Go back inside and, and tell anybody that you're using the restroom uh, or any of that kind of stuff. But, but maybe this is where our, our history of like kind of pranking with our kids might kind of fall into play, right? Because yeah, maybe I don't call because I walk out and the vans are gone. It's like, oh, yeah, they left me because that doesn't happen. <laughs> and then as time goes on, it's like, huh, they haven't come back around yet. I don't right. see anybody. Who's going to be the first one to make contact here, you know? Um, is this a joke or is this for real? I, um, yeah, in my younger youth ministry days, I would never do this again. But I definitely, we were playing around with one of our teenagers. And uh, and we were at Wichita Work Camp and we got in the van and I saw that he was talking to a girl. And I'd already told him to, like, get in the van. And he was like... <laughs> You know, and I was like, oh, don't you one minute me. So we just like, I just left. Like, I just pulled, I just pulled the van. And he's like, but it, like, they have a double drive-in. So I got onto the highway and then I went around the church building and came back and he called. He was like, how am I supposed to get home? Where are we supposed to do? Like, what am I, what do you mean? What, why'd you leave me? All this kind of stuff. And I, I pull around. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I think you're just going to have to stay there, you know, or call your parents. And I pull back around and he sees the van and he's like, you suck. <laughs> you know because he was like legit freaking out but i was like when i say it's time to go it's time to go yeah so i was always a little bit ocd with those things um i would the day before you know all the kids that were going on a trip whether it was like a youth rally mm. or you know it's like all right uh we would we would kind of get together and i would say here's what we got we got three vans Mm -hmm. uh, there's 15 or 14 slots in each van. Um, I had the driver in there and whoever had to go with that one driver. I was like, there you go. Fend for yourself. Get your names in here. One name in a slot. And once the van was set, like you're not changing and oh, you're not yeah. changing when we come home. One of those guys. Um, 
Well, yeah, just because it was, I mean, so many people to keep track of. Yeah. And just not a lot of help doing it. And so each driver, I would make a spreadsheet, and it was like, all right, here you go. These are the kids you're responsible for. This is, you know, when we stop, you know, we're back on, back on, back on. And if there's not a check for every kid that's in your van, nobody's leaving until this. Uh, Because I was, I mean, I was terrified of that, right? Because like you said, there's this trust that's involved when people, and, you know, we we may think it's assumed, but it's not necessarily assumed that I am going to treat them the same way that their parents would treat them. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's probably assumed that I'm not going to treat them the same way their parents. I don't have the same kind of awareness of all the things that go on or their tendency to drift off between the mm-hmm. the the door and, and the van. Right. And so when they're, when someone's giving you your, your children or, or even yes. just themselves, you know, there's this responsibility that they're, they're expecting their child back in one piece, unscathed not traumatized <laughs> and um and it is it, it really is one of those things that i didn't fully appreciate until i had the keys to the van and a whole bunch of kids and going do i have everybody did i count i'm not sure i counted is it the same ones is it the right ones um it's one of those things that we don't think about very often and kids well, man and I, go ahead well i was gonna say I, you know and I, I think like um you made a really good point there like i'm not gonna treat them the same way their kids are i actually think that Parents on trips are probably more laxed with their teens or their kids than um, at least me and especially you uh, from what you're saying, like uh, with teens, because there's a, you know, this is not my child. Um, And so, yeah, I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more, you know, like, um, you know, Sam's a teenager and he says, I want to go across the street to McDonald's instead of Burger King. You know, I might be a little bit more laxed and be like, yeah, that's fine. Like you can do that. Like you're, you're a big kid. Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, but like, you know, one of my teens says that and I'm like, mm, you need three friends uh, to make to make that work. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there is there is more of a there's more of a seriousness. Well, one, because it's your job. And then two, like you don't want to you don't want to ever be, you know, that youth minister that hey lost a teen or be like you just you love on these kids. And to be fair, like the world's not a safe place, um, you know, and so unfortunately like my mind goes to a dark place like if we leave a teen or or something or if and you know i always count i always count like three times you know i count them as they leave the door i count them when they're in the van and then i'm in the habit now if we're multi-vanned or whatever that i actually like count my van lock the doors and then I go to the other van and count their van as well. Because yeah. nine times out of ten, if we leave somebody, it's in the other van. Yeah. You know, and they're like, Oh yeah, we got everybody. And I'm like, Okay, did you count? Yeah, we counted. But, you know, it turns out my other driver only has nine fingers or something, you know, and so Well, they have a different level know. of responsibility as well. Yeah. A different level of ownership. I mean there is a chaperone, yeah. but if anything happens, it comes back on my shoulders, right? Right. Yeah. Buck stops with me. And, you know, it is, uh, you know, you talk about, I mean, we do live in a, I mean, it's a, a dark place at times, and, and my mind goes there as well. This is not on a youth trip, but uh, Jody, my daughter, this was, man, probably uh, probably two or three years ago, so she was 14 or 15, mm-hmm. and she and her friend, um, you know, she's a girl, they're the same age, 
they wanted to go down to the levee and take pictures and just hang out. Um, and first they the said levee was dry. the levee was dry. I know. I took my Chevy there. Wow. Um, you know, she was like, hey, can you just uh, drop us off downtown? I'm like, yeah, no, not going to happen. <laughs> so I said, but I will give you your space, right? So we kind of went there, and I let I let the two of them kind of walk on and do their thing, and I just kind of hung around. Well, they're down there by the river uh, on the other side of, of the levee, and they're just kind of taking pictures and palling around, and there's this guy who's standing up on top mm-hmm. of the levee. And I've I've been behind him. And I've watched him follow them all along the levee. And they kind of go under the bridge and over, and he comes around. And so I just walked up, and I said, hey, man, how's it going? How are you doing today? He's like, oh, I'm doing great. And we talked about all kinds of things and went back and forth. And after about 10 minutes, he said, uh, he goes, are those your girls down there? I said, yes, sir, mm-hmm. they are. And he said, I appreciate you following them. <laughs> he said, you can't be too careful, man. There's some crazy people out there. I was like, that's why I'm here. And he said, all right, man, have I'm a good day. Here. And he left. And so I went down there and I sat by Jody and I said, hey, um, I said, did you, uh, I said, you really need to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Um, did you see this guy that's been following you all along Olivia? And she said, what guy? I said, exactly. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't just drop you off and leave you. But so there's this fine line you draw with your kids, right? Like you want them, I, I want to preserve their innocence. I don't want them to walk around being skeptical and cynical about every little thing that's going to transpire. Right. And I told her that. I said, look, I'm not saying you don't have to trust people. All I'm saying is look over your shoulder every once in a while. Um, be aware of the people that are around you, of what's going on, so that you can judge when it's time to kind of move along, when it's time to get into a crowd. And, and kind of when everything's okay, you know, just a, just such a challenge. And all those things go through your mind when you send kids out into a space and you can't track every single one of them, you know, yeah. this like a, kind of nerve wracking oh, at times. I, I love it. We do Winterfest and we go to a mall and, uh, you know, we let the kids, they break up into groups of, of two, uh, three and four and go walk around the mall uh, and kind of do that nice public space. Um, and they get so mad or even worlds of fun like uh, we take a group to worlds of fun they get so mad because every like two and a half hours three hours they have to call or meet us at a place to check in right you know and they're i don't know why we gotta do that and they get so mad and it's like you not understand like we're just like we want to just keep you safe like it's it's the thing we want we want to love on you and stuff like that but um uh, weird segue, like, you know, we, we talk about lock-ins quite a bit. Um, my youth group plays uh, night games uh, yeah. at our winter and fall retreats um, and things like that, but, like, um, weird places to find teenagers. Uh, you know, like, have you ever, like, you know, where you're, like, legitimately, like, I don't know where this teen is. I know they're in this building. I know they're at Tallgrass. Or, better yet, they've snuck out of the cabin at night. You know, where are the where are the places? And I've got a good story where uh, I think you were there. Uh, or it might have been the year after you left, but I found these two boys. But uh, but first, um, like weird places that you found found teenagers at places. Um, Bryce Halda, probably not listening right here today, but Bryce Halda was the best hide and go seek player in our youth group. Um, nice. Actually, he is the best hide and go seek player I have ever played hide and go seek with 
That's not a whole lot of people, but still. Um, yeah, I found I'm him. An active player. Yeah, that's right. I found him one one uh, during one lock in on the top bookshelf in the, in the church library. It was like, dude, that's an awesome hiding spot. Don't get up there again. Like, yeah, no joke. I'm just envisioning the whole thing coming crashing down because it's not designed. Not designed to hold 150 pounds um, in one place like that. Uh, All right, you've but, seen some of those old church uh, books. <laughs> that's probably the most bizarre place I found. One of my kids up on top of the bookshelf in the library. We uh, we one year um, I had a counselor come in and he just went, I I don't know where I don't know where these two teens are, <laughs> and I was like, What do you mean you don't know? He's like. I just I don't know where they are like they're just completely gone and so we go outside um, I think you were there and we were looking um, and finally like very shortly behind the cabins uh, where the road actually is I see I see like glow uh, kind of and it was it was coals is what it was it was somebody had been burning uh, and there were some coals and uh, I go I go I, I know where they are um, and so I walked through the woods at tall grass pitch black uh, and i find them two two good old boys you know farmer boys um been working on the farm and everything they're like yeah we we saw these coals uh lit up in the distance and we wanted to make sure that uh they were out and i said well did you bring water uh nope nope <laughs> well, how are we gonna put them out and they both look at me and go well we both have to use the restroom so uh <laughs> but yeah sure enough like they had they had got up one of them had got up to go to the restroom because we have a restroom inside the main cabin so you have to get out of your cabin walk through which is not great for winter retreats if we have to use that outside because sometimes there's snow and they have to walk through the snow to use the restroom um but he got up and um saw the coals that were still hot and woke up his other buddy. Didn't wake up his counselor. No, why would we do that? Yeah, silly. And said, hey, get your boots on. Uh, and so in athletic shorts and boots, they were out there. Uh, pretty far track. Uh, and it was the not. It was the neighbor's property, you know. And uh, I said, hey, you, you do know it would have to have crossed a creek, uh, you know, if, to put us in danger. <laughs> well, that's true. But, you know, you can never be too can safe. And I be... said... Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, do your business, and let's let's get you guys back yeah, to your cabin. Let's, let's and get next back time, where you belong. Yeah, I was like, next time, please wake up your uh, wake up your counselors. Well, you mentioned that uh, you know that Worlds of Fun trip that we used to take every year. Worlds of Fun, if you're uh, listening, I'm not really sure. Worlds of Fun is an amusement park in the Kansas City mm-hmm. area. Um, one year, um. We get ready to leave, right? We've had those check-ins. We had check-in at 11. We had lunch. We had 1.30. We had 3.30. And we'd had to lock in the night before, so our guys were spent. So at 5.30, they were ready to go home. Um, and so everybody meets up. There is one person that doesn't show back up. They're not answering text messages. They're not answering phone calls. So, like, the last thing in the world you want to do is call mom, Right. And say so right yeah have you heard from sally because <laughs> if i'm calling mom something's wrong right 
And then all of a sudden, this whole conversation has to transpire. And so I'm looking for all of her friends. I was like, have you seen so-and-so? And they're like, um, not in a while. Have you seen so-and-so? Not in a while. And so I'm like, okay. So we were walking all the way back through there. We're checking, you know, all the lines. They're supposed to be in pairs too, right? Right. Yeah. I think, I think we had them. We had, I think we had them that time set up in threes or fours. It's like, you don't go anywhere without your group. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things are set in place. And so we searched for probably an hour and a half. And finally, I get a text message back from her. She goes, oh, my mom picked me up. I had to leave. And it's like, <laughs> and you chose to not inform me of that? It's like, well, I knew the vans were full. So I figured you needed an extra an extra space in there anyway. So like, uh, it, but it goes back to, hey, I think so I'm helping years. out. But... So many years lost from my life. <laughs> That's right. Just the stress, and not only the stress of, of not being able to find somebody, but then the stress of going, okay, how do I initiate this phone call? Um, because like you said, your mind goes to some, the sensible thing is she probably called her mom mm. and, and they came to pick her up. That's the sensible thing. Um, right. But we live in a world where too many things occur that aren't necessarily along those lines and you know um, along those lines but very differently i had a we were we were it was at a church camp and uh, i was the director of that church camp and i had a staff member um while we were doing a group activity go back to their cabin pack all their stuff up uh, and leave uh and i called them and i went hey where are you your small group's looking for you uh and they said to me they said you know, I just didn't really feel like this was my week to be at camp. I just don't feel like I just don't feel like I was bringing anything to the table. And I was like, "You need to let me know." Like you and I had to like shift counselors around and put somebody in that cabin because there was nobody in that cabin now. And I mean, just one of those things where it's like, "Hello, you gotta like you have to let people know. You have to talk to people." Look, dude, all you do is really just throw stuff together last minute for camp anyway. There's no planning. Yeah. There's no right. intentionality behind campers and counselors and all of that, right? Well, and that was kind of one of the the funny things because that particular staff member, like, really made sure that they had a certain group of people in their cabin uh, <laughs> as well. And so, like, for them to have just left, I was like, um, okay, uh, you know, but I'm a firm believer that God does not cause all things, but he uses all things. Right. And um, in that person's cabin was another counselor. It was their first year to counsel. And I was iffy about bringing them out. Like, it was one of those, like, okay, well, let's see how they do. Because um, I'm all about giving these people shots and chances, and um, we'll just work through it. And, man, they they rose to the challenge they did a phenomenal job and they became one of those people that i was going man i hope that they come next year uh or, or want to counsel because uh, and i gave and they did and i ended up giving them more responsibility because they had just uh, you know for such a young person they proved so much and and did so well uh, and i was very proud of them and i told them that at the end of the week yeah so that's one of those moments um and i'm preparing for my Wednesday night Bible class uh, earlier this morning and 
you know, I have to think back into my life. I don't, I either don't put myself in these situations or don't allow myself to get into these situations often enough. Mm. But God works best when we find ourselves in a situation where we look out and go, all right, if God doesn't show up and do something here, I'm in trouble. Right, yeah. Um, I don't have a contingency plan. I don't have a backup. I don't have a safety net. And if God doesn't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, sometimes I choose that path. I don't choose it often enough. Most of the time I kind of get forced into that path and yeah. find myself having to, to live with that kind of that kind of faith. Um, it, it is cool, man. It's cool when that shows up and people just rise to the occasion and God says, see, I told you. I got you kind of a thing, you know, <laughs> right? Um, it's really cool. My, my teens, if somebody asked me that question, they know I would say four words, Oklahoma city mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> if it could go wrong, it went wrong on that mission trip. Um, but God it, showed up and he took care of us and, and we had a phenomenal time. Ended up going right. Ended up going so before you talk about kids that have snuck out, have you ever snuck out of camp or an event? Ooh, why, why do you got to go there? I'm going there. So, so yes. And it actually kind of blew up. Um, and it just, I, I struggle with ego and I, I definitely did like in high school, not so much like as, as today, um, probably still a little bit, but, um, so there used to be this uh, this retreat. I can't believe you asked this question. That's really funny. <laughs> there used to be this r retreat out at Camp Gam Hill uh, called Faith Quest. And um, these guys make us as directors, Josh, look like child's playing. Like, I mean, they, they put a they put a um, a burn on Bill Carriger having a, a plane fly and drop food out of a plane for the kids. I mean, they make that look like child's play. Like hmm. these guys, straight up. We did a, uh, we did it was a prison themed uh, retreat that year, um, and uh, and so you actually got there. I stole this idea and did it with my kids here in, in uh, at Tallgrass. Yeah, uh, and they loved it, but because um, it was a great theme. But you got there, and you pulled up in your van, <clears throat> and they told you, oh, "Please stay in your van." Uh, and you're like, what? Um, and then the youth minister was like, I don't know. And so like we would get out one by one and you went into this room and they had transformed it completely into a courtroom, <coughs> like completely. And they had a guy dressed up as a judge and he was sitting way up high and above and they judged you on your sins right then and there. And they had a prosecutor and, uh, and witness or uh, not witnesses, but a jury, mm -hmm. like all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and so then they escorted you back into this room because they had other vans that they had uh, taped up orange. Uh, and they, your shirts that year were orange jumpsuits. Mm -hmm. um, so they had, instead of getting shirts, they had bought everyone orange jumpsuits um, that you were going to put on. And then they would take you to your cabin for you to be a prisoner. Well, me being like really like big ego, I, and knowing that camp, as well as I knew it, I knew that there was, if you got up into the rafters, you could actually go out and there was a vent that you could kick down and you could get outside of the cabin without leaving the door. 
And so they brought in the last person and I counted and I was like, okay, there's five of us. I said, okay. I said, you guys got to cover for me. And I unscrewed the vent and they screwed it back in after me. And I crawled through the air duct and I went outside where there was the four wheeler that had the trailer of all the luggage of everybody. (laughs) I did not know this. This is really important. I did not know that they had a cameraman on me. And he like <laughs> he got this weird angle of shooting because he was just shooting the building uh, and the window was open. And so he got this angle of me and the guys shoving me up the vent. And then he heard me come out. And so he was really far away filming me, filmed me get down. And I didn't know till the end of the week either that he was filming me. Filmed me drop out of the duct uh, or out of the outside vent and um, and crawl in to the trailer with luggage, right? Uh, and I waited there until we got to the cabin area and they were undoing stuff. And when they were, uh, when they pulled some luggage off and brought it inside, cause it was one guy, like I got out and I had escaped uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't know that uh, until like the end of the week when they were showing the end of the camp video and they said, and then they played this short <laughs> clip of the great escape. And it was me like, great escaping and it was like this really like big deal but they did a musical josh yeah the directors of that camp their youth group like did a musical opener um and uh it was like so they trot everybody into the lodge and you all sat down and they did this huge musical number and it was probably not as good as i remember it but at the time i was like this is amazing yeah and it was it was really rememberable but yeah, I, I did. I I snuck out during that event. I had a friend, a friend of mine, and I at at church camp one year. Uh, we were gonna go prank the girls' cabin. Like, and I mean, there wasn't a rule that you couldn't be in the girls' cabin. The rule was, you don't go near yeah. the girls' cabins. That's right. Um, you know, but we had we had a couple rolls of toilet paper, and you know, we were gonna do some cheesy little things that we like to do and as he and i are running up to the cabin um, a light comes on and someone comes out and so we just slide face first into uh, underneath one of the church vans right Um, so we're right underneath and we're hiding and we're laying there and all of a sudden like my face starts burning, my neck starts burning. Oh, I start no. feeling it all up my arms, um, and there is this weed in Central Texas called bull nettle, mm. and bull nettle will get into you and it starts itching and burning and it creates these whelps. Well, so we wake up the next morning and it's like, eh, you know, someone snuck out and we're there for kind of our morning <laughs> inspection. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I got whelps. I got whelps all over my cheek and all down my, my neck, down my arms and legs and everything. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Kurt. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, Kurt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, it, it always so tells good. on you, man. It always that's tells so on you. Um, we had a... That's funny. That's awesome. How do you handle it though when I mean when kids sneak out, right? So you've been there, right? I mean, and you yeah. know all that goes along with 
of the things that that transpire so i mean how do you handle things when uh when kids do that kind of mischief i know because you know when i was younger like we we brought a gorilla suit to camp um <laughs> yeah and like exactly like like that and that's my response now and i'm like you did what we brought a gorilla suit to camp and like we we thought it was a good idea and uh, i remember this was when we were counselors and we brought a gorilla suit to camp and there was uh, our the cabins that we were at they had like a there's two cabins and they were conjoined by like a center room. And so uh, my buddy had had it on and uh, there was a kid and he was sitting next to the window, no screens. This is Oregon. Like there's no screens or anything like that. The window's just open, nice cool breeze. And the kid's just sitting there playing. And my buddy has the gorilla head on and he pops his head up and he goes, and you know, just like this growl or whatever. And the team turns and screams but none of us were ready for what happened next his arm went back and he just flat out clobbered this guy uh, in the monkey suit i mean just flat out punched him right in the face and you thought it was scooby-doo because the mask was spinning uh kind of a thing but um you know but we thought it was a good idea to, to scare kids as they were trying to go to the restroom or something but yeah, I don't. I probably don't handle it the best, and I, it depends. Like if it's and my my kids know this, which is really good. Like if it's at a central retreat, we try to have a little bit more fun. Um, you know, we still be that that respectful. Hey, don't go near the girls' cabins, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we try to have a little bit more, a little more fun. They don't really sneak out. Um, you know, but if it's a tall grass thing, then it's it's a little bit more. Uh, Stringent. closed fist a yeah. little bit more yeah um, I I as a man who has caught many kids sneaking out I you don't like to judge a book by a cover but you can tell you can tell who's going to try to sneak out yeah um, and I have caught I've caught many of them or I have known that they have done it sometimes it's a test of integrity for me I'll bring it up that I I know who it was and I saw him do it and I'll bring it up, and and they'll get to come talk to me uh, if they were the ones who did it, you know, um, that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, for me, it all I guess if we're actually being if I'm gonna be really serious, it's all about relationship, right? Um, right. I mean, that's what everything is. It's all about relationship, and so you know, and and the seriousness of it, um, you know, guys sneaking out. Uh, to go look at stars on the baseball field at Tallgrass is will be handled a lot differently than a guy sneaking out to make out with his girlfriend looking at stars on the baseball field. <laughs> yeah. you know, those are two very different stories. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the things that different punishments. Right. You know, I, I try to set up, you know, something initially because there's something about kids and boundaries. They want to push them. Yeah. Um, and if you if you give them freedom within the bounds, like, hey, we can have fun and we can, you know, pranks are okay, but we're not hurting people. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to isolate or embarrass people. I mean, mm -hmm. there are pranks and then there are things that we just are not going to have any part of. And we're, in one sense, you're kind of trying to teach them how to prank and have fun without 
you know, violating someone's personal space or their own integrity or their own character and preserving yeah. relationships. Um, yeah. Because I can prank you in some ways that are appropriate, and I can prank you in some ways that really isolate you and push you to the fringe. Um, mm. So trying to teach them how to, to manage those things in the boundaries or in the, in, in the margins of what's acceptable and what's, what's not acceptable. And it's so, so challenging, right? It's another one of those things that you're trying to kind of walk this line between teaching and, and holding, holding some authority. I've, I've had to send kids home, um, not for sneaking out, but for violating other rules. Um, you know, and, and all his friends and all the other people around him are like, oh, you're so mean. It's like, look, he knew the rules. Right. And he knew the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so sometimes you do have to really draw that line and say, I told you what happened if you went too far. I gave you some freedom. I told you what happened if you go too far with it. I told you exactly where the line was. And... You know, I don't. I don't want to send somebody home. I, it's not the memory I want them to have of, of my camp or my time with them. But uh, you know, sometimes you just aren't given a choice. Winterfest. Um, Winterfest is really always a great event, and uh, I love Winterfest. Um, I do not like the location of Winterfest now. Um, it's in the same place, but it is now an esports arena. So talk about one of those where Johnny's moments. I had a uh, an eighth grader who first off their parents sent them way too much cash for this trip. Like no kid needs $400 of cash to go to Winterfest. If you're eating fast food meals, like he's not eating T-bone steaks. Anyway, (laughs) uh, they gave him like $400 cash. I noticed that at the start of the lesson, he got up and he said, Hey, can I go use the restroom? Yeah. Go to the restroom, uh, and, and come back. Um, And so he left, but he never came back. 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. Okay, where's Johnny? Like, this is messed up. So I I look over at the other chaperone and I said, I'm going to go out and check on him. So I leave. He's not in the restroom. He's not answering his phone. And then I go, he didn't. So I walk into the eSports arena area. He is sitting down playing Fortnite on his account. He had bought two hours worth of time to play computer games in the esports arena at Winterfest. And I go, what are you doing? He says, I, I, I just got really bored and I just really wanted to play some video games. I said, well, how much time do you have? And he, yeah, and he said, I, well, I, I paid for two hours. So I was, so anyway, that was... Like, come on, man. Like, disappear. He's out there playing Fortnite. (laughs) Jonathan just posted some of his rules for pranking. Um, One, don't damage property. Two, don't hurt people or break laws. Um, Whatever you do, be okay with it being done to you. Um, And when they get you back, smile. Um, That's probably the most challenging one, right, is when someone comes back. Own it. Smile. Yeah. Um, we had a when I was counseling at a third and fourth grade camp, the director was known uh, for, and he like he made this serious, uh, kind of like would scare you a little bit, but he would go absolutely zero retaliation whatsoever. 
no hugs, no high five. Because every night at campfire, <laughs> they would pie counselors for different reasons. And he made it 1,000%. Like, if you did any retaliation whatsoever, that you would be, like, in serious trouble as a counselor. And it was, I mean, it was a little bit too much, uh, I, in my opinion. But, yeah, that idea of, of if you're going to do it, you're going to dish it out, then you should be able to take a little bit back. Yeah, that's right. Oh, this has been good. Where's Johnny? Searching for kids, taking the little... Some of the little lighthearted things that are that are good to kind of acknowledge and recognize, but also even the lighthearted ones come with so much, so much responsibility, and um, so much pressure. <laughs> so much pressure yeah. to get these kids home and get them home safe. The behind the beards moment there, the the review there is is remember that your youth minister, your your preacher, your pastor, whoever is in charge, remember that they're getting less sleep at these events than the average person uh, because of these kind of situations. Uh, remember that they don't maybe get to, you know, going to Winterfest is great and I get some out of the lesson, but I'm also checking up on kids. Um, it's not like I can just let my guard down and worship and, and really soak everything in because you're worried about teenagers going off and playing Fortnite. You're worried about <laughs> teenagers sneaking out at night. You're worried about these kind of things, you know, that you have to um, manage and be a part of. Yeah, that's right. So when you go to your youth minister and you say, oh, but it's just camp, like that's easy, right? It's work. Rethink that thought because it's, it's a lot of work uh, and you are exhausted uh, when you get home and when you get back. Yeah, there's a certain amount of uh, refreshness, but um, there's also a certain amount of recovery time uh, that one needs. And all that stress, uh, we need outlets to be able to, to let those out. So. That's your behind the beards moment uh, at the end of that uh, at the end of this podcast. Um, any behind the beard moments that you had, Josh? No, I like that. I like that behind the beard moment though. I'd start putting that bah, in bah, a little bah, more. Bah. We can maybe do like a video flash in. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna work, we'll work on, on that for that. you, okay? When yeah, we hire right. our productions guy. That's um, right. No, it's been good. Hey, and if you if you guys are interested in getting merch at all, um, too bad. So I just thought I'd let you guys know. <laughs> oh, it's been good, bro. Hey, but please, good please like and follow That's and right. subscribe. Hey, we we but seriously, we we want to thank you guys for being here, Josh. I want to thank you for for constantly being here every Tuesday. Wow, what a rock! But I want to thank you guys for being here, um, because we we really appreciate this. We do this for you guys. Uh, we enjoy these conversations. We look forward to in a couple episodes having some. Um, uh, uh, guests on and share their experience. Uh, you guys probably get bored of hearing stories just from us. Um, but um, we want to remind you something that we try to remind you at the end of every podcast. Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good. Um, and, and that's a big part of ministry. That's a big part of exactly what we're talking about today. And, and when we're searching for teenagers is, is, you know, is that we can't grow weary and doing good. The world is messy and this life is messy. Allow Christ to use you to do something different. Uh, do something good in his name. I'm Aaron. That's Josh. Uh, and we'll see you next week on Behind the Beards. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beer.